This Euro 2020 special here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag and the promo code SGP to play, win and get paid. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com and the promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Okay, more breaking news coming to us. UEFA have been holding this conferencing call meeting. Uh, we're starting to hear a few things coming from it. Brian, what can you tell us? Well, the Norwegian FA have just uh, confirmed that the European Championships this summer will be postponed until 2021. We should stress that we are waiting for confirmation from UEFA, who are still having that conference call involving all 55 associations. You sense this will irritate UEFA, that this announcement has come out from another association. There had been something of a news blackout this morning. The first call that took place involving the European leagues and clubs were all told to say absolutely nothing until Alexander Seferin and UEFA announced this later on. Not the biggest surprise. This had been expected. It was likely, given the huge uncertainty around the world at the moment, but the Norwegian Association saying that the Euro 2020 has been postponed for a year. And the implications of this in the previous conference call meeting with the clubs is the clubs now can take perhaps a breath. They're not uh, tied in now. Uh, to Euro 2020. So they, they've got a chance to, to try and sort their own leagues out. Is that the idea we're getting? What we're waiting for, Rob, is some clarity on what happens in relation to the Champions League and the Europa League. That may well not come today. There may be a holding statement on that. But what this does do is it does give a degree of space for those domestic fixtures to take place at some point in June and July. Whether that happens, of course, remains to be seen in terms of the pandemic that we're in at the moment that peaks particularly around the coronavirus here in the UK. The semi-finals and the finals, of course, were due to take place at Wembley Stadium. So the fact that there, there is a postponement won't surprise anyone in the game. Of course, there are then the knock-on effects. How does this impact the calendar? Because ultimately, the game wants the competitions to finish. Nobody wants to see a null and void in football that I've been speaking to. There is an acknowledgement that fixtures have to be fulfilled, but ultimately we're still in such an uncertain period. And the reason that Euro 2020 will have been postponed is because there could be no certainty on venues in what is still a very uncertain time. Yeah, and, and the knock-on effect as far as the football calendar, I would think the suspension of the Nations League, would that make sense then? And then just straight into World Cup qualifiers for, for Qatar, is that the way the interesting point here, Rob, is what happens with the fixtures that were due to take place later this month, the European playoffs involving Scotland, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. When do they get pushed back to? Because the calendar still needs to be populated towards the European Championships. Now, people at home might be wondering, why hasn't this been cancelled? A lot of associations need the money. They need the income that's been generated from the European Championships to help survive. 
some of the bigger associations, such as the English FA, such as the German Federation, they can absorb a hit up to a point. But some of those smaller associations really rely on the revenue that's generated by the European Championships to exist. So that's why the outcome of these calls is so significant. It's going to be fascinating to hear what UEFA say later on. They wanted to make the announcement themselves with their details, but it's come via the Norwegian Federation this lunchtime. It's a case of watch this space for exactly what UEFA say and indeed their official confirmation that the European Championships have been postponed. That was the breaking news at the time that Euro 2020 had been postponed. Shortly thereafter, we did get ourselves an official announcement. We all know that uh, this terrible virus that is all across Europe uh, made football and all life in Europe quite impossible. We knew we have to stop the competitions. Uh, we think that postponing the Euro is the only chance to get a chance to the national leagues and to all the club competition to finish their competition. But also that is not sure for now. But uh, we should now think about the health, the fans of the players and the players. And of course we have to think about football as a whole, whole ecosystem of football. Uh, that's why we have decided today that we postpone the Euro and we have 100% full support of uh, all 55 national associations, European leagues, European club association and FIFPRO. So yeah, that was the official announcement stating that Euro 2020 would be postponed. And this week, we will resume Euro 2020, now known as Euro 2021, with the qualifying process. And we will find out who the final eight teams are that go through to Euro 2021 next summer. My question is, by next summer, when we're supposed to have Euro 2021, as it's now called, are we going to be in any position to have this tournament properly with fans the way it was supposed to be when it was Euro 2020. It was supposed to be a celebration of the European Championships. It was supposed to be held all around Europe. There were various countries hosting this competition. It was going to be a fantastic competition that everybody was looking forward to. One of the best of all time. Now, suddenly, it's been thrown in disarray. And I understand that initially it was postponed so that teams could finish their domestic season. But as we're approaching Euro 2021, seeing as it's been postponed for an entire year, you would think that the entire year would give people an opportunity to sort their shit out and that we would get a proper tournament one year later. Well, how is that going to happen? Because the countries around Europe, including where I live, are going backwards. Here in the UK, we've gone backwards. We've gone from the moron that runs this country, our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, telling us, eat out to help out. Go and get your half-priced food. Let's get the economy booming again to telling us now that we have to be home by 10pm and masks are mandatory everywhere by law. In Italy, masks are mandatory outside by law. In France, all the bars are closed. Paris and Marseille are going backwards. People are running away from the virus again. We are going into lockdowns. There is zero progress 
and zero signs that anybody is looking at this virus like any other virus or disease that's come along in the past few decades and accepting that it's something that we need to live with. Shield the vulnerable and get on with our lives. There is no acceptance of that. We are blindly sitting here waiting for some miracle vaccine to be developed before we can go along and normally live our lives instead of just going out there and normally living our lives and just accepting that this is something that can be caught. Just like flu, just like everything else that came along before. It's not a deadly killer virus that as soon as you get it, you are a goner. In fact, you have a 99.7% chance of surviving this. And obviously, your chances are decreased with underlining health conditions and if you are a part of the elderly. But aside from that, you're pretty safe. What you're not safe from is losing your job, which is literally the case for, for thousands and millions of people actually around the world. What is not safe is your mental health from not knowing how long this is going to continue going on and on and on and the inability to live your normal life. What you're not safe from is the cancer you may have and the inability to get the cancer treatment that you need in order to stay alive longer or possibly beat it. And that can be the case for cancer and hundreds of other diseases and other issues that people need medical help for, not this shit. But this is completely taken over. And we are six months down the line. We've tried the lockdown stuff. We've come out of the lockdowns. And now we're talking about going back into the lockdowns. The lockdowns didn't work because you cannot singularly eliminate this virus to the point where it is zero. You cannot get it down to zero and it needs to be down to zero in order for nobody to have it and for it not to spread. That's if it is this, but that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show for me to talk about. Is this virus actually what they're saying it is, and is it spread by by people? Because there's a ton of theories out there that this is not even that, but this is not a conspiracy show. This is a gambling show. This is a sports betting show, and eventually I will move on to the picks. But if you're telling me when we're starting these Euro 2020 qualifiers or Euro 2021 qualifiers now that this is the start of normality and that eight months down the line we're going to be watching this tournament, Euro 2021, the way it should be, with fans filling up the stadiums and the tournament travelling all the way around Europe, I'm saying, fuck no, we ain't going to. Because we've done nothing in six months to improve this situation. We've learnt nothing. Everybody has handled it poorly. Everybody has implemented the same strategy. Run, hide, stay away from each other. It will go away. It ain't going away. It's a part of life, just like everything else, just like flu, cancer, sexually transmitted diseases, all these things that are dangerous. It's more dangerous to go and start your car and go on a car journey because most people have a higher percentage of dying in a car crash than dying of this. The justification of worldwide shutdown and lockdowns and not letting people move on to and live their normal lives and the reduced number of fans that we have in the NFL and no fans in the EPL stadiums, and the potential that this tournament in eight months' time could be played behind closed doors is a fucking joke. That is what's worse for everybody. That is what is worse for the world. I'm sick of it. And the fact is, is that it may be some kind of trigger that I saw this come about um, 
on my schedule that we're now playing the Euro 2021 qualifiers this week. And I just thought to myself, how are we going to have this tournament? How are we going to have this tournament in eight months time unless people wake up and realise that we have to live around this, this whole thing and we have to come up with a better strategy than running and hiding and staying away from each other and putting on masks and potentially continuing to live our lives this way and letting the virus take over whilst everybody has mental breakdowns and suffers from the fact that there is no normalcy. People want to go out and they want to go and watch their sports. People want to go out to bars. If they get sick, they get sick. That's your choice. But you need to have the choice to be sick. You need to have the choice to have sex with that questionable girl that looks like she might have herpes. And you have to make the choice whether you want to get it or not. You have to make the choice whether you think you've had too many drinks and you go and start that car and take that drunk drive home. That's always been a choice. We didn't ban driving. We didn't ban sex. We didn't ban anything else that could potentially kill us. To me, this is a trigger point. It's just ridiculous to me that I'm doing a preview on these qualifiers that will have no fans in attendance. And they're qualifiers for a tournament that potentially eight months down the line that was postponed for this summer. And it will take place eight months from now. And it could take place with no fans. And it could take place in a way or in in a place where it wasn't supposed to, which won't be all the way around Europe, which was the only thing that made it particularly special and differentiated differentiated it from all the other European championships. This shit is a fucking joke. People need to wake up and people need to realise that we're not going to get rid of this because you're the moron who's on social media telling everybody else to wear their masks. Because everybody stayed in, they wore their masks, they socially distanced, they done all of this shit, all of these buzzwords that they've created over the past six, seven months. Everybody did it and it didn't fucking work. So what are we going to do now? Are we going to waste another year and have things like this competition go down without any fans? Are we going to have a Super Bowl without fans? I know that at the moment, the, the edict is is that it's going to go down with fans and that WWE WrestleMania is going to go down with fans and there's plans to introduce fans to, to games gradually across Europe in, in certain countries. But come on, this has gone backwards continuously. Continuously, continuously, continually, continuously it's gone backwards. Where have we got to in six months? What gives you any faith that things are going to get any better If we continue to wear masks, stay in, socially distance, do nothing and wait for it to just go away. What makes you think that this is actually going to work? And if there's a vaccine out, are you running to the doctors or the hospital to have that vaccine? Is that what you want? Is that the actual solution that you're sitting there waiting for and you think that normalcy is all sitting behind a vaccine, that the vaccine is the solution to everything and automatically worldwide stadia in all sports will become full once we begin to vaccinate people. Come on, just think about it. This is fucking bullshit and we're and we need to think of a different way to handle this because I can't even fucking stomach um, this this tournament coming around and us having to to watch it with no fans with with bullshit faked piped crowd noise coming in. But anyway, uh, let's let's move on with the show and start looking at these qualifiers. You'll see in the description that um, 
I've mentioned that I'm going to cover some international friendlies. We'll do that at the end, even though some of them take place today on Wednesday. We will still get around to those at the end. We'll start with Euro 2021, the qualifiers, because um, obviously we've spoken about it at length. We start with Georgia versus Belarus, where Belarus are the five to four favourites. It's two to one to draw, and it's twenty-three to ten on Belarus. Georgia are eight to thirteen to qualify, and Belarus are available at six to five. Now, the qualification odds are there because these are one-off ties, and that's very important to note because this is one of the reasons. I'm expecting them all to be very low scoring, especially when you're looking at minnows like this. It's not only because there's statistical data to support that these teams are low scoring and participate in low scoring games. It's because of the stakes. Nobody is going to want to get beat tomorrow. And these qualifiers only lead up to the qualifiers that come in November because all of these winners of these eight games that happen then go through to additional qualifiers in November. So that's why I'm especially expecting these games to be very, very tight indeed, because there are only four places left in Euro 2020. So this Thursday, you have 16 teams in eight matches trying to get through to the last four games. And the winners of those four games will be the teams that qualify. So there is a lot of data here to support the the under two and a half goals in this one. I would also lean towards Georgia getting through because they have the home advantage and that's going to be important here, even though there's a lot of games that are going to be taking place with no fans at all. And uh, we've already spoken about that enough at the top of the show. But this is a Georgia team that, that recently lost 1-0 in Switzerland and lost 2-1 in Croatia and are coming in off the back of this with a one-all draw with North Macedonia and a 1-0 win away to Estonia. So they're a very good defensive team, difficult to break down, and they have some talent. And I just think giving them the home advantage here, in the end, they will squeeze through and they'll squeeze through in what is almost guaranteed to be a low-scoring game. I like Georgia and I like the under here in this one. Up next, we look at Bosnia versus Northern Ireland, where Bosnia are available at 10 to 11. It's 9 to 4 to draw, and it's 3 to 1 on Northern Ireland with the qualification prices here Bosnia at 1 to 2, and Ireland at 6 to 4. Really, really good value here on Bosnia for me because I cannot see Northern Ireland getting through because they cannot score a goal here. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think the under is almost guaranteed here at four to six. It represents some solid value. And I think there's going to be a very definitive pattern of play where Bosnia, with their better players, are trying to break down a stubborn and defensive Ireland team. And obviously, we've not seen that in the Nations League. We've seen Ireland recently concede a lot of goals. But teams don't take the Nations League as serious and this is an opportunity to qualify for Euro 2021. So Ireland are going to be super serious here. It's just unfortunate they've come up against Bosnia, the likes of Pjanic and Zeko and all the other top players that they have. I think this is going to be too difficult a task and in the end, I think Bosnia represent value here on the money line at 10 to 11. If you want to play it safer, you could just simply take them to qualify and lay that juice at minus 200. And of course, I've already spoke about the under. But for me, the result, everything here points to Bosnia. I can't see Northern Ireland knocking out Bosnia in this one. They just have too much quality. And Ireland don't have enough players going forward to score the goal that they'll need to send Bosnia out here, especially in Bosnia. Up next, we have Bulgaria versus Hungary, where Bulgaria available at 13 to 5. It's 21 to 10 to draw and it's 11 to 10 on Hungary. 
might surprise some people that Hungary are favourites here because Bulgaria actually held it in high esteem because they had some decent players in the past, like Histro Stoichkov. But this is a Bulgaria team that is certainly on the decline and their results are a big indicator of that. So it doesn't surprise me here to see Hungary as the favourites. And I think that Hungary will win this game. I definitely think they'll be the ones to to qualify. I don't think I gave the qualification price here. Hungary are available at eight to fifteen, and Bulgaria are available at eleven to eight. I just feel as though Hungary will be the team that are pushing this to try and qualify here. I think they're going to be in the ascendancy. I think they're going to be knocking on the door. I think they've had the better results coming in and they've shown they can score goals. They scored two at home to Russia, although they conceded three, but that's not a terrible result. Prior to that, they defended brilliantly in Turkey and came away from Turkey with a 1-0 result. Turkey are a team who have recently beaten France. They beat France in Euro 2020 qualification 2-0 and Hungary have gone there and won. They just have far more pedigree here recently far better results far better form far better players and they are a worthy favorite they're not a shorter favorite because it's Hungary but I would be very surprised if Hungary don't go to Bulgaria and win and especially if they don't qualify from this but I'll be even more surprised if we see a game that's full of goals two defensive teams and of course I've already spoken about the situation here Euro 2021 qualifying nobody wants to get beat my value lean here will be Hungary on the money line, but your safe bets here are Hungary to qualify and the under 2.5, which is available in this one at 4-7. to seven. Up next, you've got Iceland versus Romania, where Iceland are the 11-10 to 10 favourites. It's 2-1 to one the draw and it's 21-10 to 10 in Romania. Again, Romania held in high regards. You've got like the likes of um, Petrescu and Haji and uh, Mutu and all these great players they've had. They don't have those players anymore. That's why they're an underdog here against Iceland. And again, sounds like a broken record for these early matches, but they're going to be tight. They're going to be tight games. The only thing that dissuades me from laying a big fat under parlay here with four or five teams, four or five games, sorry, would be the fact that behind closed doors, football has led to more open games. I mean, we look at the EPL results this weekend, but... Usually, when you're looking at these high-stakes matchups, you do see teams being a lot more conservative. You do see teams setting up defensively. You do see teams trying to avoid getting beaten because nobody wants to come this far in knockout competition. This is knockout football now, and they've gone through the entire group stage to get to this knockout stage, and nobody wants to get this far and get beat. So whereas we can see exceptions to the rule we saw some open games in the Champions League when we saw the Champions League final we saw a very negative game between Bayern Munich and PSG so that's why I'm going towards the uh, the unders here it's not just a case of picking out statistical data and saying yes this is an under team so let's just go under under the trend is under let's go under it's not about that at all but if you do want the stats, they even further solidify this situational play because the under 2.5 goals has hit in seven of Iceland's last nine home games. Iceland have won three of the last four games to nil at home and Iceland have scored exactly one goal in 50% of their last six home victories. Take the under here in this one at 8-15. to 15. Up next, you've got North Macedonia versus Kosovo where North Macedonia available on the money line at 6-4. to four. It's 2-1 to one the draw and it's 19-10 to 10 on Kosovo. 
these are two new countries here in international football, so it's difficult to to talk too much about them. North Macedonia have actually started with some solid results. If you take away um, the 4-1 home defeat they had against Austria, since then they've gone and got a draw in Israel. They've won 2-0 in Latvia. They beat Slovenia 2-1 at home. They lost in Poland 2-0, but that's not a terrible result. They lost 2-1 away to Austria, and again, that's not a terrible result. They beat Israel at home 1-0, beat Armenia at home 2-1. And uh, drew away to Georgia 1-1. So they win games like this. I mean, they've won away to, uh, at home to Armenia. They've won away to Israel. I would say those teams are equivalent here to this, this Kosovo side. So there's enough data here to suggest that, that North Macedonia will go and win this game. As for Kosovo, I would say these two teams are around about an equal level. In fact, I think North Macedonia is slightly better and they're the home team here. Uh, Kosovo's last game saw them lose at home to Greece 2-1. A one all against Moldova. They were beaten comfortably by England. At their own on their own patch four nil, they lost two one away to the Czech Republic before winning two nil at home to Montenegro. By the results, you can quite clearly see that Kosovo are much better on their own patch than they are on their travel. So this is going to be a big advantage for North Macedonia. But again, I don't want this to digress into a really boring repetitive podcast. But the stakes are the same, and these are teams that will set up defensively, especially Kosovo. They'll come here not to get beat. So. This leans towards the under once again. You're getting the under here at 8 to 15. So this is one where, look, they're all between minus 200 and 4 to 6. And that's for a reason. It's because of the situation more so than it is the actual teams. So barring a complete change in philosophy by everybody involved here so far on this show, this one again is going to be another under. The, the toughest game to call, which has the two biggest teams in it, is Norway versus Serbia. And when you look at this, these other matches, uh, Georgia, Belarus, uh, Iceland, Romania, North Macedonia and Kosovo, and think about one of those teams getting through, it's kind of a shame that you're going to lose Norway or Serbia here. And I hope for the sake of the tournament that Norway can get out of this because... They have uh, Haaland in there, and I'd like to see Haaland in the Euros. But Serbia also have some quality players. And if you run through the personnel in these two teams, it again reiterates my point that it is going to be a shame that we lose these uh, one of these two teams. You've got uh, Haaland in the Norway team. You've got Joshua King in the Norway team. If you have a look at the, um, at the Serbian lineup, you'll see they have Alexander Mitrovic, Luka Jovic, Dusan Tadic. So these are solid teams here and one of them is going to go out. I think this one could be the the most entertaining game, not just because of the two teams, but because of the statistical data that we have in front of us. Uh, Both teams have scored in 10 of Norway's last 16 games. Both teams hit the net in 11 of Serbia's last 14 fixtures. And Serbia have scored 1.3 and conceded one goal per game on average across their 13 matches on the road. So this one isn't trending towards the the under this one's trending towards the over I like the over I particularly like the both teams to score because we outline the stats of both teams scoring in 11 of 14 Serbia's fixtures and 10 of Norway's last 16 so that's a trend I like and if you are going to see an open game here on Thursday with two teams that are going to go for it and aren't going to sit back and be conservative and defensive and and try not to get beat These two teams are going to come out with the players they've got and trying to win this game. So I like both teams to score here between Norway and Serbia, which is available at 10 to 11. Moving on to Scotland versus Israel, where Scotland are available at 5 to 4. It's 21 to 10 to draw and it's 11 to 5 on Israel. Scotland are much improved and they've got decent players coming through. So they should 
they should on paper win this game. When you look at someone like uh, Andy Robertson playing for Scotland or, or Scott McTominay of, of Manchester United or, or Kieran Turney, Tierney of Arsenal, they do have quality coming through in this Scottish team. So you'd expect them to win this game against Israel. The worrying thing is that they've just kept one clean sheet in the last 10 games and away goals are important in this competition. Uh, both teams have scored in seven of Israel's last eight matches and both teams hit the net in each of the last three meetings between Scotland and Israel since 2018. So there is history between these two teams. And when you see a statistic like that, where both teams have scored in all of the last three matches, it's difficult to not just jump on that trend again. As much as I'm not... A, a trend better. That's more of a US thing to do. I've noticed that a lot of um, American gamblers, and you see them on gambling Twitter, they just jump on the trends and it's like, oh, this team are like 14 and 2 to the over. Well, th- th- there's line adjustment for everything. The books are not stupid. When you get a line in gambling, it's always a fresh line. It's always a line based upon all of the previous data anyway. So while I'm not necessarily a trend better, I can't ignore these two teams meeting three times in the last couple of years and both scoring in all of those games and not take it, especially when we're getting it here at 10 to 11. So it's 10 to 11, yes, 10 to 11, no. I have to lean towards the yes. Um, I was going to lean also towards Scotland winning this game or at least qualifying for the next phase. But Scotland now seem to be missing some key players through COVID. I'm seeing Stuart Armstrong... I'm seeing Ryan Christie. I'm seeing Kieran Tierney. So these are key players here for Scotland. And whereas somebody like England could could miss key players in their squad, I don't think Scotland are going to manage without them. So I'm not going to take Scotland here. I'm simply going to follow the trend, take both teams to score because it's happened in all of the last three. And that's available at 10 to 11. Uh, The final game here is Slovakia versus the Republic of Ireland, where Slovakia are available at 8-5. It's 19-10 to 10 to draw, and it's 2-1 to one here on the Irish. I think, again, you have to lean towards the under here. I think this may be more nailed on than, than any of the others we've looked at so far. Under 2.5 goals have been scored in 21 of Ireland's 23 games. And to get that in this in this game at 13 to 20 is incredible value here for this one. Ireland have drawn five of the last seven away matches and uh, under 2.5 goals has hit, have hit the net in 12 of Ireland's last 13 away assignments. So away from home in particular, they really like to shut up shop. And I don't think Savakia are by any means big goal scorers either. So we know how this game is going to play out. It's going to be a pretty drab affair. It's going to be Ireland setting up not to get beat and um, Savakia having more of the ball, but probably not having the kind of personnel where you're worrying about an over here. Um, I mean, they've got Marek Hamsik, who is obviously a, a top player and has been for, for many, many years. And uh, at the back, they have um, Inter Milan's Milan Skriner and Martin Skirtle, who used to play for Liverpool. So at the back, it's going to be very difficult for Ireland to score. I think there's good value here on taking Slovakia to keep a clean sheet as well. If you're looking for something bigger in this one and uh, you don't like taking that over at 13 to 20, which I actually think has tremendous value, to be honest. Um, the Slovakia clean sheet is available at plus money at 13 to 8. That looks absolutely massive to me because 
I don't think Ireland are going to score in this game. I'm not even sure Ireland are going to come to try and score a goal in this game. So Slovakia at 13 to 8 would be the, the play for me if you're looking for something bigger here on this show. We'll move on from Euro 2021 and we'll look at those international friendlies that I talked about at the top of the show. Um, we'll look at a couple here on Wednesday. We'll begin with Portugal versus Spain because I think that's the most glamorous one. Um, Portugal are available at seven to five here. It's five to two to draw, and it's two to one on Spain. Immediately, I think there's value here on Spain, and especially on Spain to not get beaten, or on Spain on the pick market. So basically, everything around Spain avoiding a defeat here and possibly stealing the win. On the double chance market to avoid a defeat, or you could take that as plus 0.5, you could pick up Spain at 4 to 11. If you want to take something a little bit bigger than that, you can take Spain on the pick market here at 11 to 10. I think it's relatively certain that both teams find the net in this game, obviously, because it's also a friendly, and I can't imagine the two teams playing out a behind closed door friendly with, with not very many goals. So um, you only have to look at the 3 3 that these two teams played out in, in the last World Cup. Uh, both teams to score here is available at 4 to 6. But my uh, official pick is going to be on Spain to just avoid a defeat here. Um, Spain are unbeaten in their last 13, and Portugal have won six of their last 37 with Spain. So you're betting on something that's happened 31 times out of the last 37. Uh, and Spain have won four of their last five friendlies. So perhaps they approach this more seriously than, than Portugal. Maybe they approach friendlies more seriously than Portugal, with Portugal obviously having the better record recently in major tournaments, having come, they come into this as the current European champions and the winners of the Nations League last season. So um, a decent side, Portugal. But I think when you're looking at Spain, avoiding defeat in 31 of the last 37 here against this team. And Portugal as well, they don't really put it in for, for the friendlies. They've uh, won three of the last eight friendly games. And those wins came against Scotland, Algeria and Egypt. Meanwhile, um, Spain, as I said, have won four of the last five friendly games. So I'm going to go with, with Spain here on the double chance to avoid a defeat. Uh, one more game we'll look at on Wednesday, then we'll look at the, the Thursday game here, which is uh, England versus Wales. We'll look at um, France versus Ukraine here because it's a, a good opportunity to see where the world champions are, are at. Interestingly, Frank de Boer takes charge of his first game um, in charge for the Netherlands against Mexico, where... Um, where the Netherlands are the 7-10 to favourites. I think there's value there on Mexico to avoid a defeat. Uh, Frank de Boer, I don't know how he's got this job. He's never, ever succeeded anywhere. And uh, I think Mexico on the double chance, a good value there at even money. So there's just a little side one for you. I'm not going to go too into that game. This France game I will look at more extensively though. France are available at 1-7 to seven to win this game. So obviously not great value there. It's 6-1 to one to join. It's 16-1 to one on the Ukraine. The Ukraine have improved a lot under Andrei Shevchenko. But I think last game was a reality check for them in the Nations League where they lost 4-0 to Spain and it could have been a lot more. Uh, France have returned to action since September with two wins and they've won by two or more goals in eight of their last 11 victories, including last month where they looked strong, beating Croatia 4-2 and that was without Kylian Mbappe as well. So I think there's value here taking France on the minus 1.5 Asian handicap line. Uh, I can't see any reason why they don't win this game and I can't see any reason why they don't win by more than two goals. 
It's uh, not a competitive game here, really, for Ukraine, where they're going to make any kind of special effort. I think it's more important for them to fare well in the Nations League and in the qualifiers. And at home is where Ukraine are just far better than they are on the road. So I would expect this to be a similar result to the Spain game and France winning this by three or four. Uh, looking at this game now on Thursday, a glamorous game because not very often that England get to play Wales, but the prices will tell you that England are probably going to comfortably win this game. They're the heavy favourites here at two to seven. If you fancy Wales, oh, actually, it's gone down a bit. I'm looking now, you can get England at around about four to 11. Maybe that's because of the, the COVID party. Uh, the the controversial party that the some of the players went to and got themselves banned from the squad. They don't have COVID. They were just at a party, which is banned because everybody's a fucking prisoner to this bullshit at the moment, and uh, nobody's allowed to go out and live their life. So that's that's uh, probably why this line has gone down. I still like it. England at four to eleven. Wales here eight to one and four to one. The draw. England win this game. No doubt about it. That England win this game. They have far better personnel, plus Wales' main personnel, when you're looking at the likes of Gareth Bale and, and Aaron Ramsey, are all out of this game. Uh, England's games in 2019 average a huge 4.7 goals per minute. So you're looking at the over here in this one, definitely cashing for me, and you're getting that four to six. Over 2.5 goals were scored in 12 of England's last 15 fixtures, and Wales have won just three of the last nine away games. So you can actually add England and the over 4.6, uh, the over 2.5 goals. And instead of taking the, the 4 to 6 on the over 2.5 by adding England to it, you can get that at to even money. So I definitely think that's the way to, to bet this game. Wales are a decent up and coming side, but I think without their senior players missing, what you have is a whole bunch of young up and comers which who are going to go on to be decent players I've no doubt about it I think Wales are, are much improved and they're going to continue to qualify for tournaments but they can't match to the England players who are already somewhat tried and tested so I imagine this is going to play out like your um, sort of top level Premier League team going up against your top level championship team I would say that's the kind of levels here between these two and therefore, you're getting good value here, actually, on England at 4-11, to 11, if you want to add that to, to any kind of parlays or anything. But I'm going to go with England to win and the over 2.5 goals at even money here in this England versus Wales friendly on Thursday. Closing out with a lock on the show, we've got a guy with one of those unders in the qualifiers. So we're going to go with the Slovakia versus Republic of Ireland one. Uh, just way, way, way too much data in that one to not take that under just to reiterate, you're getting this at 13 to 20, which is very close to minus 150. Under 2.5 goals is cashed in 21 of Ireland's last 23 competitive matches. And under 2.5 goals is cashed in 12 of the Republic of Ireland's last 13 away games. So that's why we're locking it up. Um, for the dog, I'm going to take the clean sheet for Slovakia. So that's plus money. So as far as I'm concerned, that's a dog. And you can get that at 13 to 8. Don't think Ireland are going to score here. So... I really like that dog. As for the parlay, uh, I was going to round up a whole bunch of unders here for you, but I'm going to take something from the friendlies just to be a little bit more adventurous. Uh, take Spain on the double chance and parlay that up with England to win and over 2.5 goals in the game against Wales. 
that parlay pays out just over two to one. You can get out 21 to 10 where I'm looking. So that's going to be the parlay here on this show. I apologize last week. I forgot the dog and the parlay on the EPL show. I don't know what I was thinking there. So I apologize for that. I won't forget next time. Um, that's it for this edition of the Euro 2020 preview show. I'll be back quite soon. We're back at the weekend. We'll be looking at the Nations League fixtures and they'll be headlined by England versus Belgium. So that's a mouthwatering tie. We'll be looking at a selection of key fixtures from the Nations League and breaking them down. So that's like getting the the European show, the European show, which we do over at lockbetting.com. Just one final thing before we close out. In regards to the Champions League preview, I know I spoke last time on the show and said there's going to be a Champions League preview, but we've got two podcasts to do this week for international football. So we're going to let the international football pass us by. I'm going to obviously do this show that I'm doing now and I'm going to get that show done for the weekend after we've seen these uh, these fixtures play out on Thursday. So late on Thursday, early Friday, you'll get another international football show which will be looking at the weekend's Nations League. And then after that, over the weekend, I will get that Champions League show done and I will get it posted up onto the feed. So Monday, Tuesday, around about that time, you'll get your extensive preview of the Champions League. So make sure that you look out for that. I'm just going to give one more shout out here for something else that's not here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast or on the SGP Network. It's my NFL show. So if you go to podcasts on your podcast app and search for the Dirty Sheets, you'll get our NFL show. We are 100% on our lock so far and our second choice locks are 15 and one so far this year. So we are 8-0 on our locks and 7-1 on our second choices. So if you like winning money on the NFL, make sure you head over to the Dirty Sheets. It's my wrestling show initially, but we used to have another podcast called The Man Show, which is where you put the NFL show. But due to some kind of trademark issue, um, because the name was owned by somebody else, we had to take The Man Show off. So temporarily, before we launch any kind of similar show, we will be doing something else because we really enjoyed doing that show. We have no platform now to talk about current affairs or politics or just bullshit. We now have very rigid shows where I have to come on this show and talk about soccer or I have to come on my wrestling show and talk about wrestling. I don't have any kind of format to bullshit. If you heard at the top of this show, I kind of use this platform to talk about my political views and my opinions of COVID. So we do need that show. But at the moment, the NFL show is over in the Dirty Sheets, which was primarily my my wrestling channel. And that's where it's going to be. But who gives a shit where it is because it's winning money 100% on the lock. So make sure you head over to the Dirty Sheets to check that out. That's it from me. And this Euro 2020 preview. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening. It's finally spring and I'm saying goodbye snow. Hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage spring event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage spring event. Now at your local Honda dealer.